Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, Roman Reigns is going to challenge for the tag team titles with Solo Sokoa against Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens in Saudi Arabia. I thought Sami wasn't going over there. We also have our World Heavyweight Championship match set up for WWE. That's Rollins versus Styles. Uh, we got some CM Punk rumors. Um, the Elite are back together and RIP superstar Billy Graham. That and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. The more we try to walk away, the more CM Punk reels us back in. Ditch that 9 to 5. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Marks. Welcome to the Band from Ringside podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Veggie, a.k.a. Omas McGumbo, and sitting directly across from me, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? What the fuck is that even supposed to mean? So it's from that it's from that unprofessional bullshit skit. Okay, on, okay. Where he talks about a cosmic gumbo. That's what I'm saying. Like Zach would have loved that. He would have fucking loved it. I should have saved it for next week. I'm sorry, Zach. What's going on, Jason? Oh, it's still kind of funny to me. I don't give a fuck. It's, it's the fact that you're still just sticking to this Omos thing come hella high water. Oh, we got a few more. I'm sure you do. <laughs> on that movie note, I'll ask the congregation to bow their heads as I read from the latest edition of the Band from Ringside podcast, volume 308, chapter 3, verse 14, and the good smart say it, hashtag boo the heels. It's all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat the holy trinity of BFR. Interesting week of wrestling. Rumors, obviously, we'll talk about CM Punk. Uh, like Bill said, the Matchup is set for the next crowning of the inaugural WWE Heavyweight Championship. Cody Brock coming up. You know, AEW, the elite. Don Collis asked, answers why. So, yeah, we got some shit to talk about. Yeah, with no pay-per-views and no real scandals, it was still a very uh, interesting week of televised wrestling. That's for sure, especially on the big two. Uh, we're coming at you from... Fucking beautiful St. Charles, Missouri. It is nice outside. Jason, your ashtray is See it. down there. Um, uh, no Zach tonight. Unfortunately, he is going to a show. If we could have started earlier, he would have gotten on. But unfortunately, scheduling conflicts. Uh, nevertheless, uh, Jason and I are here. And we're going to, uh, you know, hopefully guide you through. The last week of wrestling, you know, hopefully we can entertain you a little bit, maybe provoke some thoughts <laughs> as, we, as we get drunk and high. Right. Um, so, was there anything else? I thought there was something else. You know what? I should really write this down. I'm just not very professional. Let's get to that three count. <laughs> it always comes up at some point. Once I start rambling on it, you'll remember it at some point. JCB, kick us off. Uh, let's start with the usual. Oh, I shouldn't say the usual. Back to the usual. WWE as the one count. Obviously, the one of the biggest stories coming out of WWE this week was the surprise, I would call it, move where Roman and Solo Sokoa are going to team up to face Sammy and KO in Saudi for Night of Champions. So, the... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The ostracization. Is that a word? Yeah. Of the Usos continues. This was pretty much ostracized ostracization. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that's what you said. 
Not an easy word. The that's why I had to make sure I just well, slow down and say I'm it. Glad and make you're sure getting that word out of the way <laughs> before <laughs> the drinks really start getting going. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. um, this was the ultimate slap in the face, and it was to their face. You lost the titles. You dedicated the the rematch to Roman and the loss, and now Roman feels like at this point he's going to have to take over and bring the tag team titles back home. I wasn't sure what the next twist is. This is an interesting twist. I've already kind of fantasy booked this a little bit because you can't think that Roman, in my head of heads, I would love to see Roman and Solo win it just to see motherfuckers' head explode, the Usos like, what the fuck, and just fans just lose their complete shit just because now Roman would have three titles. It would be just an absolute over-the-top of WWE. He'd be carrying four belts he would be carrying no just three two titles and then the, the, whatever whatever one around his waist and then two other titles did they they combined the two he's it's still he's the unified titles champion so he still comes out he still has the two belts, two belts. If and, you, and let's the, say and the tag belts are unified also Damn, yeah, I forgot about that. He's going to have four belts. Oh, I really he, want that now. I know. It sounds good. I really want that That's now. That's what I'm saying. This is gonna, might be the only time I'm really rooting hard for Roman Reigns. Um... Obviously, that's just not going to happen. So let's just—I <laughs> gotta bring that. I, I'm, <laughs> come I'm re- on down. I'm really not. I'm not so sure that's not going to happen. I think it's not going to happen. Um, let's just. But, but I guess my point is, it feels like if Ko and Sammy are going to retain, Solo might have to take the pin. I was thinking it would end in a DQ, so that way everything works out the way it's supposed to work out. Sammy and Ko gets the win. Bloodline loses. They lose because of disqualification. The Usos come in. They get caught. They beat down Sammy and KO. But ultimately, Roman's still mad because this is what, you know, heel mentality. Roman's mad because now you fucked it up. First of all, this is tremendous television. It is. The story is still interesting, which is something that I didn't expect to say. But they have managed to make the Bloodline story still interesting. It really does show you that when the weeks that Roman's not there, it's kind of like they're treading water. But Roman there on Friday night and him saying, you dedicated this match to me, he's like, I'm not even a tag team wrestler. He's like, we have tag team wrestlers in our family. And I was like, oh, he's right. I was like, what the fuck? This is such good shit. And then him saying that he was going to do, that it was going to be Roman and Solo cha- challenging for it, my eyebrows went up and I was like, oh shit. I was like, that's a good idea. I was like, that is interesting that they are going to have Roman. Not only do you get away with another pay-per-view without having Roman have to defend the title, but both, both outcomes are interesting. Either Roman's team loses which never happens, or Roman never loses, basically. Or Roman and Solo win the belts, and Roman's walking around with four belts. And then he has to make the Usos carry around the belts that they don't don't have. Dude, my head's about to explode right now. 
I mean, I'm kind of rooting for him to win. Oh, my God. This is totally <laughs> right now. Roman's going to have four belts Dude. if they win. Roman, four belts. What I, oh. what I don't want to happen, what I really don't want to happen is a DQ. I think that would be cheap. Like, make make a booking decision, guys. Like, either do it. Like, you could really troll a huge swath of the audience by having Roman Reigns walking around with four belts. Easily. And that is exciting to this podcaster. Oh, no question about it. The fact that we even are talking about it just makes it just that more tantalized than to even imagine. All that being said, I just, I think that KO and Sammy implode on their own ultimately versus it'll be a scenario where Roman and Solo win it. Obviously, we want him to win it. I think Solo is going to be an amazing talent. He's right on, I wouldn't even say riding on Roman's coattails. We passed that point when he first got here at Clash of the Castle. That was, quote, unquote, riding Roman's coattails. At this point, the way he's been booked, he's a totally different entity, and he's a dangerous entity, at least the, the, the way he's been presented. So in that scenario, it would make total sense for those two to win it. I just don't think it's going to happen. I got to admit, I, I I mean, we'll do our predictions next week. Right now, I'm leaning towards it <laughs> happening. There's a lot of different ways they could go. They could break up KO and Sammy right now, which wouldn't be any fun. I mean, it would be kind of cheap because it seems like WrestleMania was last week. But, I mean, right. either way, I think that this is a stroke of genius in terms of booking because it, you know, fucking Night of Champions – Starting to look, it's starting to look pretty must see, man. Well, we we all wonder what was next for the bloodline, especially after the fact that we all thought that Cody was going to win at uh, WrestleMania and he didn't. What's next for Cody? What's next for the Usos? What's next for Roman? They've made, they've still made all three interesting to where you want to see what's next for each individual person I just named. I mean, what's next long term has got to be. A bloodline civil war, right? I mean, it's got to be the Usos versus the, Roman and Solo. The rumored match for SummerSlam is tag nah, team. SummerSlam? You can't not have Roman defend the belt in look, SummerSlam. Look, look, what did I say? What did I say? The rumored match is. Yeah, but I'm saying I don't like that rumor. Well, I was reading on, um, was it, K-Side Seats, I guess it was the other day, and they were talking about the possibility of Roman holding the title until next WrestleMania. And they were saying that, well, look, I'm just saying, we I'm talked not, about I, it. Listen, I'm not making this face I know, like you're I know. the booker. I'm just making a face. face. I'm the messenger. Just wing my motherfucking right arm. Well, left arm. I'm sorry. I do everything with the right. <laughs> so, anyway, um, they were uh, talking about it would take seven defenses between now and WrestleMania. I think they counted uh, Saudi as one of the seven. Even if he doesn't, and obviously they're not going to do it at Saudi, even if he doesn't do it at SummerSlam, I still, still think there's enough time to where if they wanted to string it out, you can still have guys, Bobby Lashley still hasn't, hasn't had a chance at uh, Brock, I'm sorry, not Brock, but uh, Roman. Drew McIntyre is the one guy that's MIA now, and apparently he's been taken off of the Money in the Bank poster right. from London. So yep. that's something to kind of look forward to. That's going to be fluid, as my boy Stephen A. Smith would say. Ultimately, well, I guess my point no, is I this. Mean, don't forget about Cameron Grimes. 
he did stomp out. Uh, to the moon. Yeah, that's gonna nice. He did stomp the shit out of uh, Barry Corbin on Friday night. I guess my point is this: it, it feels like they are going to stretch out this title reign until WrestleMania. Now, how you do that, we're gonna have to wait and see. But for the moment, bloodline's still interesting. KO Sammy is still interesting. Usos are still interesting. So at that point, at least for the top of the card for SmackDown, you got that taken care of. So speaking of SmackDown, uh, they had two triple threat matches and then a showdown at the end. So the first match was Edge, Ray, and AJ. We'll call that the senior circuit. And versus Austin Theory, Sheamus, and Lashley. Um AJ wins the first match. Lashley wins the second match. AJ goes over Lashley in the main event. Um, this was a, this was a this was a really good episode of SmackDown. There were stakes. There was new blood. Uh, no pun intended. In the in on the show, uh, which is definitely what you'd like to see after WrestleMania. There was that tremendous bloodline segment. Um, what did you? What do you think about AJ being the one to challenge Seth in Saudi uh, for the new? Are they calling it the World Heavyweight Championship? They are calling it the World Heavyweight Championship. Um, people are like, "Oh, Edge should win because it's the championship he never lost." Guys, come on, it's not that same championship. It's brand fucking new. Stop. I get it. I'm an Edge guy too, but that's not the championship. That that championship you got to go get Roman Reigns for. Edge is one of those guys that I think would end up uh, being in that spot if you don't get Drew McIntyre. Listen, it, he never lost it because he had to retire. Wait, Look, are we talking about he never lost it? Yeah, because he had to retire because of you the after, 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 after Mania or whatever. I, I guess it yeah, sounds right. It was, yeah, it was Del Rio. Yeah, so he beat Del Rio, and they're saying he never he de- never lost it in 2011, so he should win it. Sorry, guys, if you like, <laughs> if you're a fighter. Let's let's do kayfabe style. Kayfabe style. If you're a fighter and you can't defend the championship, you don't keep the championship, guys. <laughs> I know, but then that's the reason why people wanted him to win this whole thing. So, anyway, wrong championship. You know why I didn't want Edge to win the championship? Is this is a hot take? Edge has not really had a great match since he came back. <clears throat> Am I lying? I want, great is is for me. You know that's very high, so I would tend to agree with you on that. Right. There's no match Memor- that memorable. I mean, the Randy Orton match was memorable during the uh, pandemic, pandemic because it took so fucking long. Where the fuck were we gonna go, man? I mean, shit. I was just happy to have fucking wrestling at that point. Good, not great. Um, if you want to throw the triple threat with him, Brian, uh, Daniel Bryan and Roman in, that's the one that really stands out, but it stands out for a lot of different reasons for the double pin, obviously being the biggest. Um, from there, it, were, it would they, be arguable. They released the wrong blonde Canadian. How's that, how's that for a hot take? <laughs> I knew ultimately that's where you're going to go with it. You just, you just took the seating route to get there up in this motherfucker. That's all. I'm just cruising around. Yeah, right? Going the speed limit. Kicking the edge as I do it. Look, I get it. You don't, you don't like I'm edge. A, I'm a bigger Christian guy. No, and and part of the reason why I think Christian did what he did last week, and I'll talk about it when we get to AEW, is 
because they had to get heat on him. And Christian knows how to get heat on him the same way Edge does. So I give them both credit. I just think one does it a little better. We just disagree upon that. The answer to the question, I love the fact that we got AJ and Seth because Seth can keep up with AJ and AJ can keep up with Seth. Bobby Lashley would have been a decent second choice, but I really think ultimately they're going to hold Bobby Lashley for Roman Reigns. It kind of makes sense because even when it was before the draft, Bobby Lashley was like, look, I want to wrestle Roman Reigns for the title. And then for whatever reason, they went left. You got Bray Wyatt out of this mix. You teased us with the Hurt uh, Foundation reunion. That still hasn't happened yet. And now we, okay, and now we got, we're back to this again, which I don't have a problem with, but ultimately – this is probably the best matchup of the bunch. Like I said before, I really wish they had just did it right and did it in a tournament style where you had 16 guys, single elimination, where you can you still had some storylines that were not championship-related, but you really could have got guys over. You could have made sto- different storylines, and ultimately you could have still had this as your final for Saudi. The match should be amazing. If AJ is healthy, the match should be amazing. No doubt, those guys can put on a great match. I'm not. I'm not worried about that at all. And I, you know, this is perfectly fine. I'll be perfectly fine with either one of them winning. To be honest, um, they're really on Raw. They really uh, kind of hyped up Rollins, like with multiple vignette packages, multiple interview stuff. They're really trying to – now, they might do the same thing with AJ yeah, I would, tomorrow I would, night. I would expect that. Yeah. You should. Yeah, they should. It, it should seem like a major prize fight, so let, let's have it. Um, I just don't want any shenanigans. I want somebody to go over to clean. Hopefully that happens. AJ is not necessarily a heel right now, you no. know? Uh, so we got ba- basically two baby two faces, faces. Uh, facing each other in what should be a great match. Totally down with it. Give it to me. For sure. It should be cool. – it might be a... Put them both in the G1. Yeah, right. <laughs> Actually, AJ Styles is already in the G1. We got to get that other guy over there. Um, just quick thoughts. You talked about the two triple threat matches. Uh, Grayson Waller makes his SmackDown debut. He meets with Adam Pierce backstage. He will get the winner of... Uh, I guess, who's he interviewing next week? Um, AJ. AJ, okay, so he gets to interview and, AJ. And, and they have a history because they did have, they have a match. in NXT. In NXT. Grayson Waller, they're, giving great, they're having the Waller effect. The Grayson Waller effect is going to be a talk show on SmackDown. Fuck yeah. This is what I want after WrestleMania. I want some new blood injected in this shit. And this is something that they've kind of taken the, their foot off the gas with the last few years coming out of WrestleMania is that if you're going to call up these NXT guys, try doing something with them. Let's see what happens. They're trying to do something with Grayson Waller, having Grayson Waller and AJ Styles with the Grayson Waller effect last week or next week. And then they also had Cameron Grimes come out Beat Baron Corbin in three seconds with his finisher. And, Turn up the one. Oh, sorry. Thanks. And you there? Yeah. Oh, yep. Okay. okay. Bo's here. Um, Vice. Hello, Vice. Hey, welcome to the show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I say we need to get the uh, no, we need to get the applause uh, drop on here for this one. I don't have your fancy one. I only have the eight drops. And, 
five of them were spoken for. I really only have, you know, this. Grow the fuck up! You know, they, they say, yeah, up that's not going to work. Absolute and, fucking yeah, we, bullshit. I was about to say, he just got here. We can't call him. You, Unprofessional yeah, we, bullshit. Yeah, we can't do that one either. So, they okay, called totally it fair. Omos McGumbo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> talked about that during golf. I know. Uh, Zach's not here. Zach would have fucking loved it. But anyway, um, so I really like what they're doing with Cameron Grimes, too. Let me ask you this. Um... Grayson Waller, Cameron Grimes, are either one of them in the Money in the Bank match? Oh, um, let me do my mental math. Money in the Bank it should be the next pay-per-view. That's June. Um, if I had to guess, if you're going to put me, one of the other should be on it. If I had to guess, it's probably going to be Cameron Grimes because he's the only one of the two that's physically been in the ring as of yet. He stomped out Baron Corbin, obviously, within seconds. So, yeah, one of the two will be in there. If you're going to make me choose, I'll go with Cameron Grimes. So, I I don't know how much more there is to say about SmackDown. I will say that starting off SmackDown. Pretty deadly? Oh, pretty deadly showed up, too. <laughs> pretty deadly's there, too, man. I, I, I fucking love this. And the trend was continued on Raw, which we'll talk about in a second. But... This is, like, I put it on Friends of BFR on Facebook. I said, you know, wouldn't you know it, I'll be darned, SmackDown and Raw were both good. They were. And this SmackDown, I mean, starting off with two triple threat matches between <laughs> six great wrestlers, and then having Gra- Grayson Waller, having Cameron Grimes, having that Bloodline segment. Uh, we got uh, Asuka coming out and Bianca Belair selling the mist like she's Jack Nicholson falling into a vat of acid. Very fun. Um, Jokes. Nah, I'm over that already. Well, Jokers. I mean, I guess, I guess you're. Uh, well, okay. So what you gonna do? Sexist. So what you gonna do? I'm not get the fuck up out of here. Number one and number two, really, that you going pass up? You're. It's the argument of passing up the moment. So Bianca's moment of being a year as champion is the bigger moment. So now you're going to run it back and bring Oscar back to spit miss in her face. So obviously they're going over to Saudi to settle this shit. You think Oscar's really going to win? No. Thank you. Hey, Bill, did you forget? What did I forget? JCB hates wrestling. Oh, yeah. Not a big fan of wrestling, that Jason Cornelius Bell. I forgot that he hates wrestling. Oh, he's going to be fired up now. What about SmackDown? What you, or what about Raw? What do you think about Raw, Jason? Opened up with uh, Judgment Day and KO and Sammy. Um, Judgment Day just, I love the fact that they are always in the Raw mix. They feel like they're the top faction no matter what. And once again, Dom's getting booed out of the building. Absolutely love that shit. Ultimately, we get a Judgment Day KO and Sammy match down the line. I will say this about KO and Sammy. KO is getting the team into scenarios where he's just like, you know what, fuck it. You want to fight? Let's fight. You want to fight? Let's fight. Sammy's like, look, we can take the night off. He's like, no, fuck that. We're going to fight. Sooner or later, KO is going to get them in the scenario. We've all had a friend that wants to fight the bar. And he's just like, no, 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 just chill out, motherfucker. Just chill out. And he's like, no, we ain't going to chill out tonight. We're going to fight. We've all had that friend that wants to fight the bar right now. 
as our as our late friend Mike Dolan used to say, because he used to want to fight the bar. <laughs> he would say, "I'm about to fill this room with uppercuts." <laughs> I do remember him saying that, Best Mike Dolan, R.I.P. But that that's never saw way- that never saw that bastard throw one uppercut. <laughs> right, but he talk about doing it. That's the A way. Lot of jabs. <laughs> 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 That's some funny shit. You get my point. KO is I going did, to be yeah. the demise of this tag team in some form or fashion. How you get there, I don't know. But that, to me, is where, you know, he can call it out Judgment Day. So you're not going to come out here. And you, you know, you, we want to fight. I want to fight. Come on down here and fight. Damian Priest was down, and then the rest was starting to, you know, ball out of control from that point. What's really great about the Sami Zayn, KO, Bloodline, Judgment Day, they brought Imperium mm-hmm. in at, the, at the ending, is that... They have a they have a locker room. They have a television show, and in kayfabe style, they have a locker room where everything, nothing is just existing on its own. It's like it's all kind of bleeding into each other, and that makes it harder to predict what's going to happen. I don't know what the fuck's going to happen in Saudi Arabia. I mean, I guess you could have KO super kick Sami Zayn and join the bloodline. Probably right. not. Probably not. You probably you might be able to have you know jumping ahead a little bit. Uh, Mustafa Ali wins the Battle Royal to become the number one contender against Gunther. Uh, Raw. <laughs> we all go have like, they just rolling that dude out here to get worked. Yeah, but I mean, Raw, Raw is, Raw is <laughs> in. going to be purple. Raw is in a spot where they need a top heel. Yes. They're clearly positioning Imperium to be a big deal on Raw, which I very much so appreciate. I think it's still Judgment Day 1 and Period 2, but I do agree with you as the singles, as a heel, we're talking about individual wrestlers, Gunther is one. Yes, and he should be treated as one, and I loved the shit that they did with Imperium on Raw. They were on the entire show. They were kind of sprinkled throughout, and they were just kind of walking around, shaking dudes' hands backstage, talking about how, you know, I you know I respect you guys, and they just kind of look at him and KO snapping in his face and shit, you know? <laughs> Fucking love that shit. And then at the end, they pull some mega heel shit, teaming up with Heyman for some reason, and now all of a sudden, hey, we got a television show. Now, now I'm interested. Well, yeah, I want to see what happens coming up next. But anyway, like I jumped ahead a little bit. No, I, I, I totally agree with you. And that the the main event, obviously, Judgment Day being Finn and Damian Priest versus KO and Sammy, where you had all the heels starting to surround the ring like vultures. And I'm looking at this shit. I'm like, man, ain't no way. And I love me some KO and Sambia. There ain't no way they should be winning this match. There is too many heels outside to be fucking around and them being the only two and they, at ringside and they didn't, in the match. And they no didn't. way. So they're, they're, Perfect. they're, they're the baby faces Perfect. in peril, and they lost. You got to build it up so the baby faces. I, I wanted them to lose. They should no, have no, lost. And they got shit kicked out of them post-match. They got, yeah. they got, well, they got beat up the entire match. There was only a couple spots where you were like, 
Oh, maybe they'll pull it off. No, nope, wrong. No, and, wrong. and people keep coming down here. Right, and that's where it was just like it. It felt like that Matrix. I guess was the second where you had a bunch of Agent Smiths just you know coming out of the woodworks. You're just like, damn, how many motherfuckers are coming out? And that's the way it was at that point. It's perfect. And Neo grabs that. Neo grabs a light pole and just swings it. Takes out like a hundred at a time. And it's not even working. <laughs> right, it's about to say not even putting a dent in. Oh, and I saw that one at the theater together too. Oh yeah. When I saw The Matrix 1 at the theater, Bo had already seen it. And I was like, that Keanu movie? I was like, are you fucking serious? He's like, come on. it's Come on. We'll smoke a blunt. It's going to be badass. And I was like, no way. And then, like, first five minutes, I was like, oh, you know, Trinity's in there. And she's, like, trying to get out of the apartment building. So, I appreciate it, Bo. Uh, and then and Good then we times. saw John Wick 4 together. I mean, yeah. another Keanu movie. 23 years later. How about that? <laughs> the hits, the hits just keep fucking rolling. Right. They really do. Um, so, when that... I don't know. Oh, never mind. It's chill. Never mind. Um, when that battle royal happened for the number one challenger spot against Gunther, and you saw that it, it was a mid-card match. They did not have a bunch of, you know. But it's that's a mid-card title. I know, but that's nice to see because there have been some top-of-the-card guys fighting for the mid-card title lately on Raw. So it was nice to see a bunch of mid card guys in there. Who did you think was going to win when you when when I, you looked at it? Honestly, I had no idea. Riddle kind of stood out just because he's somebody that everybody kind of knows. You can send him over to Saudi and still have a good match, and he can lose and then and not really hurt him too too bad. Ooh, excuse me. I was, obviously Bronson Reed is somebody that. You know, that, I'm a, I'm big on. That's who stood out to me. It was Bronson Reed. Me, I just, me too. That's who I thought was going to win. I just but they don't do heel versus heel. I really ever. didn't think it was going to be Ali. Not at all. Well, I mean, at some point, Ali's in that spot. Of what do you do with him? I mean, he's got this talent, but you can't get him over. The fans don't care about him, but you just don't want him to stay home and get paid for nothing. So what do you do with him? If you if the big thing, the, if we're doing the macro picture and the big thing is about getting Gunther over, then Ali is going to be the sacrificial lamb, which I think we all agree upon that's what's going to happen. That being said, it's still you still had to do something with Ali. I don't have a problem with it because there's other guys like – Von R- Wagner, I'm sure they're high on his ass. Jamie, J.D. McDonough jumps dogs, Dolph Ziggler after the fact. So, you know, they got some uh, plans for him. I got so, thoughts for about that. So, there's other guys that were in the match um, that they did, you know, kind of uh, highlight. So, but ultimately not going to be the guy that moves to Gunther. If Vince was in charge still. Oh, my God. I would say, and it, it's pretty, you know, people can say that he's still got some influence. Oh, yeah, for it, sure. It's clear to say after this week of television that he had almost no influence on it because nope. it was a coherent TV show that uh, featured a, not a lot of uh, new guys that probably don't look like Vince guys. But if Vince was still in charge, I would be cynical enough to say they're putting Mustafa Ali in the match against Gunther in Saudi Arabia because... He's a brown person. Now, I say that with all due respect. I know that Mustafa I'm, Ali... I'm, I'm chocolate, baby. I know that Mustafa Ali is of Indian descent, which has nothing to do with Saudi Arabia. At all. I'm not sure that Vince 
would see it that way. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, I mean, I think it – I think it, uh, They look close enough. Send them on it, over. Is, is there any is, is there any inkling of you there that maybe they're just putting him in there that maybe he'll get a pop from the Saudi crowd? Uh, I would think we would be naive to think otherwise, but – All the all the men in the Saudi crowd whose wives aren't allowed to drive? Yeah. I did. I would I would be naive if we thought otherwise. Wait, is that racist? Talking about Saudi people like that? No, they. No. Were, I don't think they allowed the women to drive. If no, they do, it's, that's just fact. It's very new. That that's fact. You're not you're not up on Saudi. Uh, I saw government. it on 60 Minutes. I watched <laughs> Muhammad bin Salam on 60 Minutes. They tossed him a bunch of softballs like a bunch of pussies. That used to be a journalistic fucking touchstone. You should America. go on that bad boy. Turn that shit around. 60 Minutes? Yeah, you're a journalist. That's right. I'm a journalist. Who's fired oh, up man. now, JCB? The journalist. Who's fired up now? <laughs> I'll tell you, you know who's having a bad week? Is wrestling journalists. <laughs> when you talk about this CM Punk shit. It is. Okay, it see, is I have no idea what you're even talking Ooh, about. That's I great. I can't wait to get into it because instead of having to talk about CM Punk, I'm instead going to make fun of all the wrestling journalists out there because there is only one wrestling journalist in America right now, and you're listening to his voice. <laughs> hey. hey, as my good buddy Bart Scott would say, can't wait. <laughs> One of my favorite Bart Scott quotes of all time. I'm going to um, go check on that baby because my wife had to leave real fast. I'm going to make sure the baby's not crying. Yeah, um, just other guys were talking about, you know, debuts of NXT Okay, good. I just wanted to make sure that we were, everything's still cool. Just wanted to make sure that okay, okay, perfect. I didn't fuck that up. Even better. Um, and assured, uh, Bill's boys stomped out some local enhancement talent. Um, right on. That is what it is. I'm not. I'm still don't know what the hell they're going to do with them. But nonetheless, they're. On TV, it looks like they have some sort of plan with them. What's that plan is? I'm not sure. Um, who else do I see? Zoe Stark and Candice Gray are going to have a match next week. Um, the hard push. Well, I shouldn't say it's a hard push, but it's a push for Tony Stark is on. I'm happy to see that. If she stays healthy, I would be stunned if she's not a women's champion in the next two or three years. We talked about... Um, Imperium and Paul Heyman backstage. They're shaking hands, making the deal. Chelsea Green versus Raquel Rodriguez was what it was. Raquel Rodriguez goes over. Apollo Cruz has a interesting vignette. I was thinking about Apollo Cruz the talk, other day. Let's talk about this. You appreciate this because you're a Premier League guy. It feels like he just came back from relegation. <laughs> <laughs> and that motherfucker fired up, boy. You can't tell him nothing. I was like, oh shit! Look at Apollo Cruz coming back from relegation. You badass motherfucker showing his cast <laughs> off and shit. <laughs> running like, around, running around, talking about talking like all normal now. <laughs> <laughs> talking like a regular dude now. I so you lost that accent. You and Kofi went to that same badass acting school. Yeah, all the all the all of a sudden you're from like the middle of. South Dakota or whatever, Oklahoma or yeah, something. Yeah, I don't even know. But but hey, dude looks good. He, he always looked good. The booking has always been the issue. What do you do with Apollo Cruz? He's not. He's on Raw, so he has the opportunity to win this uh, new championship. I just don't think it gets to that point. Intercontinental Championship, maybe. But you have to figure out: is he the guy to beat Gunther? 
because somebody has to be good through so you can it's free not, him up. It's not going to be a Okay, group. so. It's definitely not going to be a public. I guess that's my my problem with he's it. I love the getting, fact. He's going to keep getting booked like, like shit. Like he's going to be this guy that they're going to put a lot of emphasis on. He's never going to do shit. But Thought on Apollo Crews coming back to Raw. To me, I, I had to make a joke about it. It felt like uh, <laughs> it, he came back from relegations back to the Premier League or whatever, so now he's back to uh, with the top guys. But what's what's Apollo Crews' ceiling, I guess? There's the ultimate question. Apollo Crews' ceiling is like the IC or the U.S. title. I don't see it happening for him right now, but that doesn't mean that they can't. Uh, heat him up someday enough to win it. You know, I always say this, and I think that you always tease me about it, is that when I, whenever I say, listen, you can heat somebody up if you need to at any time as long as they're good enough. And they, they, they certainly have plenty of talent on the, on the roster, just like AEW does. There is so much wrestling talent out there now and so many hours of wrestling programming for you to see it. It just, a, a lot of it's luck, but certainly... There's no way that the powers that be, Hunter, Michael P.S. Hayes, um, all these guys, do, all, do, all, do. All, all the writers, <laughs> all the writers, all the producers, guys like that. There's no way that they don't see Apollo Crews and think that this guy is an, uh, an athletic talent that's out of this world. Um, he also is willing to do whatever they ask him to do. He did the whole Nigerian accent for a while. <laughs> the fact that you, you know, didn't even hear us talk about it, and you came out and said it is great. Awesome. Did, you, were, did you guys already talk about it? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, he's willing to try it, and it might not have been the best look for WWE, but I certainly don't blame that on the performer. They gave him something to do, and he did the most that he could with it. God bless him. I'm Played a, his hand. I'm a, yeah. big, I'm a big Apollo Crews, Mark. I think he's incredible in the ring, and I, you know, I don't want to sound like, you know, Jimmy the Greek talking about how black guys have that fast twitch muscle or whatever the <laughs> fuck he said. You know, like, no, I mean, but what seriously, fuck, no, but that's the way that be. <laughs> that's the, you ever see that Bill Burst thing where he talks about uh, how the announcer? Get, how, if you gotta ask, it's racist. It's probably no, racist. I know. What's that, up, Ben? I, I don't have to ask if that's I know, racist. I know. I know it's racist. I say I'm. I like. But it's one, th- you know, it's like the way they always called like uh, Joe Jaravicious a smart receiver. But they said that, uh, you know, like I don't know, pick your black receiver is just <laughs> right. so athletic, you know. Uh, I was gonna say Ocho Cinco, him or OJ, OBJ were like the two guys that were coming to my head immediately. But it, you know, it's that coded shit that people right. say. That's the, I'm just saying that Apollo Cruz though so well. <laughs> Right, exactly. What'd you say, bitch? Oh, he's so eloquent. He speaks so well. Yeah, bitch, that's not what you say about a person. <laughs> I'll jump on this table up at this motherfucker. That's what I you say about so a well, dog bitch. that can talk. Okay. <laughs> well done. Uh, I just think Apollo Crews is the shit. I also liked, uh, I, I, I was a real big fan, and it was noted on this show, I was a real big fan uh, of he and Braun Breaker's feud and the way they built up to it. It was a unique build that was mostly cinematic, but Apollo Crews cut a lot of good promos in there. Big fan of Apollo Crews. I don't see him winning the heavyweight belt anytime, but, you know, he's not super old. Uh, Actually, I don't know how old he is. I'll look it up, but 
I, I could see Gotta him. Gotta be in his mid-30s. I just had a birthday. I can see him winning. An, I can see him winning. This year, yeah. As I was going to say, I think we've done a Powell Cruz for this we year. We all have a birthday this year, Jason. I think we've already uh, talked about his 2023 birthday, dickhead, is what yeah, I was going to say. It was, it was before mine. Um, while he looks that up, we we'll just clean up the rest. We didn't of the- talk about it on the podcast though, so it was. It was I do remember that because we were here. He was born in '87. He he'll no, his birthday is August 22nd, so he'll be 36 Ooh. this year. He's 35. Okay, like I said, mid 30s. If they want to do it, there is re- a window. All this to say is that he is an insane athlete that can do crazy things in the ring. He is uh, maybe not as big of a high flyer as Ricochet. But he can certainly do a lot of the same things. But he's so much stronger. Way stronger. Yes, of course. But he's so he's much shorter. Shit. He's a brick shit house, though. I bet he's not that much shorter than Ricochet. I bet he's just maybe an inch or two. Uh, I bet. I bet they're all the same size. Those two and, and they're fucking, all. You and think Gable. they're all the same <laughs> size, huh? <laughs> and, and, and Gable. I bet Jason's the same size as too. Yeah, Chad, about to say Chad Gable. <laughs> they're all the same th- size. That third kickstand make me give me three or four inches. Outside of that, you got uh, Becky and um, Becky calling out Trish for Nia champions. That should be, uh, I guess, I think it might be one of Becky's road to the end. And I was going. I was thinking about this the other day. Um, what more is is there for Becky to really do in WWE at this point? Um, Dude, she came on Raw the other night, and I was like, snooze. I'm not saying to me the the angle is snooze. I don't think that Becky Lynch per se is snooze. I think the angle is fine. I just like. I mean, it was during this podcast when she was the hottest shit in wrestling. Agreed. Just the hottest shit. And Agreed. It was, it, and it was it was cool when she was super over and super on fire. She, now what? Now what? You gotta you gotta adjust. Like okay. She's, she's still out there with the man shirts on. Like you're not the man anymore. You gotta adjust. Just the same it's, way. It's, is that Becky Lynch's problem? No, not necessarily. But it's gotta kind of be partly Becky Lynch's problem. Like you're supposed to go. Grab the brass ring. She's she's had it. She she main evented a WrestleMania. Granted, with two other women, but she main evented it. Let's look. She's a part of it. Let's look at her husband. Does her husband ever sit on his laurels and not try anything different? You think creative is that much better for her husband than it is for Becky Lynch? Somebody Seth Rollins has never headlined a WrestleMania. Becky Lynch has. You don't think they have creative working for her, working for her just as much as they have him working for him? No, he comes up with his own shit. I don't think, okay, if you want to say that the man is Becky's creation and she wants to keep with that, fair enough. I'll give you that. I don't necessarily think that's the case. I almost want to say that the, the visionary was dropped in the Seth's lap, and he just made it into this, what we see now. When we when this first started, uh, Zach was not a fan of this, you know, the visionary, revolutionary, you know, the Seth freaking Rollins, this gimmick. He said it was like his second or third favorite gimmick from Seth Rollins. And now he's Seth Rollins is basically the Pied Piper of Raw. He's on the cusp of being the Raw champion over here in a couple weeks. He's the shit right now. He's very, exactly. very, very over. Okay. So, if it's the scenario where Becky is content with it, then yes, by all means, she should get called to the carpet. I kind of think that this is 
creative just being content with Becky's the man. This is the gimmick that's worked. So why, if it's not broke, then don't fix it. This is what they do. And I don't have a problem with that, but let's not say that this is Becky's fault. I think a part of this is the fact that creative wants her to be the man. She didn't want, Becky apparently didn't want to come back as a heel at SummerSlam. What happened? They put her as a heel. They made her pin Bianca in seconds. And the next thing you know, we have heel Becky Lynch. So, you know, I want to, I'm going to give Becky Lynch the benefit of the doubt on this one. Okay. She still gets a ton of TV time. Always has. She has... She was in a WrestleMania match, a high-profile WrestleMania match with Lita and Trish against Damage Control. Say what you will, but that's a high-profile match because they brought she back... Ru- she main event at WrestleMania, but go ahead. I'm talking about what have you done for me lately. Dun, 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 dun. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sorry I just came back from having a baby and you made me come right back in to jump in and help Bianca Belair get over. My bad, Vince. My bad. I'm saying that there's not a whole lot of, like, when you're talking about charisma, it shouldn't matter that much. I have always been intrigued by what Seth Rollins does. Heel, babyface, Monday Night Messiah, whatever. Nobody was a big fan of the Monday Night Messiah thing. I still kind of liked it because Seth Rollins, to me, has tons of charisma. Becky, her charisma has waned. Oh, I'm not going to say that it's waned by any stretch of the imagination. Let's rewind the tape when she came back from SummerSlam. That didn't sound like a waning moment. Um, no, I'm just talking about personally. Personally. Personally, when her music played the other night, I was like, snooze. Okay, fine. What's Becky going to say? She's going to come out here and talk. Yeah, I can't do an Irish accent. Right. But she, she, she... <laughs> Came out and she talked for a little bit and like, you know, Trish said that thing about her daughter and like she played into it, which is like, okay, whatever. That's that's real cheap heat by Trish and it's a real cheap pop by Becky. It's just not that interesting to me. It's not. I I don't know. No, like I said, the, the whole angle doesn't seem interesting to me because ultimately I would assume Trish should lose. Becky goes over. Trish goes away and everybody walks away. And maybe I'm just the wrestling fan that likes a shiny new thing in front of me. But I did. I I thought that Bianca selling the miss the other night was pretty entertaining. I would give her the. I'll give you the fact that she sold the shit out of it, like a motherfucker. No backstage too. I'm gonna get my lick back. I'm gonna get. Okay, you gonna get your lick back. Mm-hmm. I get that. That'll be at night of champions. I guess once again, my problem is is how Oscar is being used on the main roster. It's breaking case of emergency versus this could be someone that you can have always in the title picture at any given point. Oh, I just remember the other thing I was going to say. At the See, beginning. there you go. Yep. Um, so this is a little off topic, but it's still raw or it's still WWE main roster. But uh, Randy Orton has done a series of interviews lately where it. He has said that he wishes that he didn't choose the – he kind of wishes he didn't choose the RKO as his finisher because it was so much landing on his, his back, on his back, on his tailbone, you know, and that 
that's where his injury is now. So my question to you is, well, I guess if Randy, if first of all, I don't think Randy Orton's done, but I do think that he's going to have if he comes back because none of these guys are ever done, right? I thought Shawn Michaels was done, and when he came back the second time around, I thought that was an amazing ride. So, as an Orton fan, I'm going to keep my fingers crossed on for that uh, finish, for for the lack of a better word. But I guess I think I'm going. I think I know where you're going with it. But I'll let you ask the question anyway. Um, if Orton comes back, it, or, okay, let me ask you this. This is the question I want to ask: Is okay. Can Orton come back as a special attraction wrestler the same way that Cena is? Yes. That Brock used to be. Brock used to be. Like, can he can he come back for the Big Four, Big Five, have a WrestleMania uh, feud, and have a match at WrestleMania every once in a while? And do you think that he's big enough? He's a little bit different than the other guys from his class because that's that famous OVW class. That included Shelton, Brock, uh, Cena, and Batista. Batista was the one I was forgetting about. So, Orton compared to, well, Orton compared to Cena, Brock, and Batista is a little bit more of a, you know, he was kind of the workhorse of those guys. He was the guy that was, hey, I'm a wrestler. I'm not an actor. I'm not a MMA fighter. I am a professional wrestler. When they bring Orton back, does he come back as a – or does he come back? What do you think the odds are that he doesn't come back? Um, he's, he's coming back. I would like to see him just come back for a one-off. If you're talking about coming back as a part-time guy, let's just, call, let's just go part-time guy. I don't even see that anymore. Honestly, what, it's kind of like Becky Lynch. What more does Randy Orton – have to do well compared to Becky Lynch, nothing in Becky Lynch's <laughs> Becky case. Lynch's got she got a lot have, more to do what more, to be like what, Randy Orton. What more can Becky Lynch do? She's held both titles, she's won the Royal Rumble. I, I mean, Money in the Bank is probably the only thing that's left, and she doesn't need to win that. Maybe another 10 years of being an everyday wrestler who fucking she can, fights on Raw every she can week go and right now. changes his character all you the know, time. You get a girl pregnant? And, <laughs> well played. Here's, here's my point, and, and you, should, you should appreciate this. There's enough talent on the NXT roster on the women's side that Becky Lynch can go away right now and come back later if she wants to. And then you can do this a second time around where you have a nice crop of young talent that you can pair up with with fresh matchups. The same way with Charlotte, Mm -hmm. okay? These are the two women that have been carrying this women's division, for lack of a better term, for let's just say five or six years, give or take, okay? Mm -hmm. Now Mm -hmm. we're at a point where... You, you're, there's not anything left. There's nothing fresh for them for for either one of them to do. Charlotte is for, Charlotte is 16 or 17, and that's really it. Becky Lynch has nothing, nothing left. This is it. She's bumping her head on this fucking ceiling. She's gone up to this are you, point. Are you saying she peaked too early? I won't say she peaked too early, but I mean outside. Of, I mean, if you want to talk about checking off the. Uh, list of accomplishments. Becky Lynch has gotten a lot of shit done. Let me ask you this: What's what was Randy Orton's peak? Because it's it's happened. 
So what was it? He was uh, he was unified champion. So when he was um, when he was the uh, the authorities, basically the authorities pawn champion. What's his peak? As a character, but the Legend Killer was really cool because that that set him up to be what he is right now. Right, that was not a peak. That was him climbing the mountain. I would probably say the authority because he got the most heat. Stood him next to Triple H. All right, cool. I agree. I agree that that was that was his peak. I thought he was great. I thought that his feud with you Daniel, wanted to see him lose. I thought the feud with him and Daniel Bryan, you know, around SummerSlam like 2011 or whatever. Like to me, that's his peak. He was when, fucking tremendous. When Triple H, okay, same concept. When we were over at what was the uh, the place down in uh, you guys were in the South City. You and Aaron were moving in. And it was me, you, and Jack. We got all banged up. And that we went back. Yeah, no, because it stands out because Jack was there, and we made him watch this match. Uh, Randy Orton cashed in. It was Daniel Bryan versus somebody else, and then Orton comes in. It was, uh, yeah, it and was somebody got pinned, right? It was SummerSlam, and it was was it him versus was it Daniel Bryan versus whoever it was? Hawking Kane. I don't think it was triple threat, but anyway, when they when they all had a they had like a a love quadrangle or a love I guess it'd be a love square with AJ Lee. No, Man, that no. was really good. That was really <laughs> good. <No>. <laughs> when <laughs> Kane like kind of started falling in love with her too. Oh, right. that was really yeah. Good. Did you say that's WWE in a nutshell? No, it was this, it was a singles match. It was Brian Danielson and somebody else. And no. Randy Orton held the money in the bank. I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. And we were at your house, and we were all it was fucked on, up. It was on Portis, right? Or was it the Rhodes house? It was the Rhodes house. No, no, no. no it, was, it was Portis' house. It was the Portis house. It was I before think, you and Aaron got married. It was either Punk or Del Rio. Okay. Either one. Brian Danielson won. Brian Danielson won. And the next thing you know, Orton comes out, Triple H is involved, and then the next you know, Orton wins the title. That's when it was Man. just like it's classic. That that's the Memories. Orton. <laughs> that's the like I mean, you, the corner I mean, of my mind. Eric comes out, it's like, hey, you guys are getting really fucking loud. You, gotta, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we were banged up too, and it was we really got into it, and it was so good. And that's that to me is like Orton's. One of highlight 2013. moments. Okay, so Bo's looking at. So who did who did Daniel Bryan face in that match? Bo's looking it up right now. It's 2013, which makes sense because that was at the Portis house. Okay, we moved into the Rhodes house in 2014. And, and for whatever reason, it was it was I think it was like a Sunday night because it had to be a well, pay per view. It was a SummerSlam. It okay, so. I'll even, but that, might have been playing was, softball. That, that was when none of us worked Mondays, though. Yeah. Like, we, we had, like, Sundays were the, the nights. Night. <laughs> we get fucked <laughs> up. So, if for whatever reason, he's like, we're going back to my house. We're going over SummerSlam. I was like, fuck it. Let's and do Jack this. Jack came over? <laughs> yes. Oh, man. I do not remember yes. that. Yes. Aaron, and we were so loud by the end. Aaron had to come out. It was like 2.33. Oh, because Aaron, Aaron was teaching at SCA. Guess what it was? Or at, not at Scud, Merrimack the next day, and Aaron had like an eight o'clock class. Yeah, and we were just high and drunk, and probably standing on the porch right outside of our bedroom talking window, shit. talking shit, smoking cigarettes and shit. What a what a fucking memory. That's that's. I mean, even though I don't have it. Say what you did. Good job, Jason. Uh, what did you think about the co- uh, moving on? Okay, so oh, Jay, hey, hold on, hold on. 
it was John Cena. Oh, there it yeah, is. That, that makes, makes total sense. Yeah, that, that makes, makes total sense. sense. That makes sense. And then Orton cashed in. <clears throat> it was SummerSlam 2013. And drops them both with the RKO. Whew. See, that Think, sounds fun. Okay. At that point, that's uh, Orton's, like, highlight. Always around John Cena, Undertaker, Mankind, Edge. So, I mean, I, I want him to come back. Uh, I also selfishly, saw, I also saw but clip, I wouldn't mind if he didn't. I saw a clip today on Twitter where superstar Billy Graham came and talked to Randy Orton backstage during his Legend Killer days, uh, which was pretty funny. That must have been like 2005. Work maybe? or shoot? No, it was a work. I mean, superstar Billy Graham was on Raw, Raw. and he was talking shit about Ric Flair or something, you know. Um, anyway, so moving on. So, yeah. Raw continues the, hey, we got some new blood. Let's feature some new blood. J.D. McDonough attacks Dolph Ziggler. J.D. McDonough cuts a badass promo backstage as he's walking out. Uh, Big time. What, what's J.D. McDonough's ceiling? I think it's this, right now it's probably the same. Maybe, maybe. I, I like Jordan Devlin. I like J.D. McDonough, whatever you want to call him. I think he's an amazing talent. Unfortunately, obviously, he got himself in some shit. Now, that being said, I think he has enough talent to be like the Finn Balor and be the champion. Obviously, he can cut a good promo. Right now, I say his ceiling is mid-card, but it wouldn't be surprised to me if he went through that mid-card. If he had a Dolph Ziggler's a great guy to introduce him to the masses that don't know yeah. who J.D. McDonough is. Definitely. Great start. From that point, you're going to have to start figuring this shit out. Um, I can see him being Intercontinental Champion at some point, and then, you know, we'll see what happens. What about in this share? We were just talking about them before you came back out. They Obviously, they stomped out some. They could definitely win the tag belts. Maybe not the unified tag belts, but they okay, can definitely they, win the raw tag belts with Jinder what, Mahal as their manager. And that's what I was saying the That'd other day. Awesome. I guess awesome. that was last week where I wouldn't mind Sammy and KO just dropping them versus them losing it to Roman. And this is the, the only team that I wanted them to lose to as the unified champions, let me amend that statement, is Roman and Solo. Outside of that, they defend at uh, Night of Champions. The next night when they come out on Raw, they're just like, you know, the schedule's too much. We got to drop the SmackDown <laughs> championships. What, and then we can go from there. I'll tell you what. In this share, Roman Reigns and Solo Segoa all in the ring together. That's Big meaty lot. man slapping meat. That is a lot of LBs. Um, but I will say this about Veer and Sanga, is that Veer is a really funny guy in real life. His, his social media presence is really fun. He seems like a cool dude, and Sanga had that. I know I don't know if you saw this because you didn't watch NXT like I did, but Sanga had that character that used to stand backstage, and he would be like talking to people about intellectual things, and somebody would come back all sweaty and bump into him, and he would try to talk them down. They would talk all shit, and he'd be like, "Hey, he's like, hey, I, I'll fuck you up. I'll fuck you up if you <laughs> want me to." Anyway, I think that uh, the sky's the limit for either one of those guys. I, I, I. I I'm just going to say it now because I've made bad predictions before. I could see either one of them winning a heavyweight belt down the line sometimes. Down the line sometime when you consider that both of them can work. Both of them, uh, they're, they're both American, so they can speak 
they, they can cut promos to an American audience, but they're both of Indian descent. And if WWE really wants to, like, go into the Indian market, like they tried to do with Ginger that one time, and Triple H still went over for whatever reason. But you could have either yeah, one. I think you know why, but go ahead. Either yeah, one right. of them. Either one of them. Gender. Either one of them could be a huge deal globally if they really want to push it. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna play the way. Let's just see what happens. I agree with you as a team. They fact, are, I'll, I'll make the call right now. One oh, of them is going to be heavyweight champion in the next five years. Why'd you do that? Now, because because I was so wrong about what's his face. I have nothing to lose. What's the date? 2023. Thank I have, you. I have, nothing, <laughs> I, have no, I have nothing to lose. Yeah, I was about to say it took Bros Quay long enough. You might as well just go ahead and hey, double down on some crazy it was shit. Twelve or thirteen years past what I said, <laughs> but he got there. It happened. Yeah, it, it was happened. in a promotion owned by Billy Corgan of Smashing Pumpkins, <laughs> but he's still world heavyweight champion. Still, uh, still on his Wikipedia. Right. That's exactly right. Thank you, Bo. That's some funny uh, shit. Cody Rhodes uh, cuts a promo. What do you think about Cody's promo? Honestly, and I, and I said it before, and um, I'll stick to it. Cody not winning the title is probably the best thing that's happening for him because now we've gotten him into another feud where we are invested in seeing what's next. Brock ain't going nowhere anytime soon. And the fact that we're going to have Brock running around here chasing Cody, Cody chasing after him, so on and so forth, I'm here for it. The fact that people were kind of down on Cody not winning the title, I get it. But I really think that people would have been less interested in Cody winning the championship and then what happens next versus now Cody coming over and now having to basically start all over again. You know he's the man, okay? It's not like this is um, Stardust Cody Rhodes, okay? That ain't this guy. This is the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes. He's got some cachet to him. He brought his mu- uh, music over from AEW. So, I mean, he, you know he's got something going. I'd rather him just start uh, his this story, his story, Finish the story this way versus immediately becoming the champion. And then now all of a sudden, now we have to start figuring this shit out. Roman being the champion for another year isn't the end of the world, okay? If Unless you just hate Roman Reigns. Go ahead. Well, and the great thing about it, too, is that <clears throat> I'm glad Cody didn't win because now we have this whole thing with the bloodline and Sammy and KO. Let's finish that because that's that's – Worth watching. Like, yeah. That's fun. Yeah. Like, this has got good. This has been great. Let's finish that. Let Cody and Brock do their thing. We don't need Roman and Cody right away. At all. And him losing, I mean, that wasn't terrible. No. Because now everybody's pissed off. And now, now everybody's like, oh, well, what's going to happen now? What's going to happen now? Boom. Now we're all fucking interested. Okay. It, and you stole my thunder on that one. It's not even. My thunder. <laughs> yeah. He, when he lost, it was just like the shock value was there. But uh, it was like, now what What the fuck are we going to do now? What's Cody going to do? You know, Roman is going to be fine. From that point, you know Roman is going to be fine. But what's next for Cody? And that, to me, was the crazy part about it because nobody thought, oh, I shouldn't say that, at least in this circle, 
you know, on our text threads, this was a slam dunk. Nobody was going to say this was the, you know, the stone cold land pipe lock of the week, but we all predicted that Cody was going to win. Now that he didn't, nobody knew that this, what this uncharted territory was. Brock was a perfect, perfect person to come right in and probably, I'm assuming they're going to do a trilogy out of this in some form or fashion. Well, we Brock should win the second match. We don't need him and Brock going at it for the rest of the year. Mm-mm. Let's just make it to, what, one more pay-per-view? Would fuck, be. Fuck it, that'd be great. The next pay-per-view is Money in the Bank, and that's in London. Or you can hold off and do the third at SummerSlam in Detroit. I think they wait and do it in the SummerSlam. That's absolutely. just me. Well, absolutely, because then you can wait on everything to finish with uh, KO and Sammy and the Bloodline. You can like wrap all that up. It always felt and then like, do that. It always felt like when Vince was in charge of shit, like we had to get stuff done now because, or everything seemed very predictable. Right now, shit's up in the air. It's way up in the air. Like if Seth wins, we could immediately go to Seth versus. Cody after this, uh, if Styles if Styles wins, Styles comes over to Raw, and then we could have Styles versus Cody. They've never fought before on WWE programming. I don't think they have. I could be wrong. I don't think they've ever fought before any any time. I, I'm just gonna keep. <laughs> I'm not even gonna try to rack my brain on that shit. If, uh, if we had Wi-Fi out here, I'll tell you go on cage match and we could figure that shit out. Oh, are they journalists? Because uh, you're uh, talking to America's only wrestling I, I, journalist. I, I understand that, sir. I was just That's going fine. to make sure we had our shit on point. All right. So we have talked for an hour about uh, WWE main roster, and it has been an engaging talk, and that is that's something. That's something to be said. On the non-pay-per-view week. Agreed. So let's get to that two count. AJ Styles and Cody Rhodes have never fought. That's what uh, Bo Geesman Vice has just told us. Thank you very much. Um, so, two count is going to be AEW Dynamite last night. I did not watch Rampage. Did so, okay. So. Okay, so let's let's talk about this. Let's just start getting this out to, on the table because obviously. Can, can, okay, go ahead. I'm going to hijack your shit for 30 seconds. Okay. Collision is, is a thing now. They announced it. And uh, <laughs> and it's going to be the Saturday night show, two hours live every week. What time does it start? I mean, is it going to be like a six o'clock, like the old? I'm assuming days? it's no. Nah, I'm assuming it's, it's five, seven. I thought it was five thirty. Six thirty Eastern. Yeah, we're. Talk- oh, really? Yeah, yeah. See, I think that's cool. That it's if it's five thirty to seven thirty, I think that's cool because that's not like a pay per view, but it's also kind of like the old school TBS. Yeah. Um, yeah, five oh five or whatever. It's yeah. six thirty Eastern. I I'm I'm down with that. Okay. I didn't I didn't know that they set a put a time out there. Okay. Trust right. me, trust me. I'm pretty sure about it. <laughs> the Kenny Omega mark over here. Kenny Omega shirt. So you want to talk about CM Punk right now? No, I was just going to talk about the show itself. I, I we can hold off. Of, I don't even know if you're going to even talk about CM Punk. To be perfectly honest, I'm just interested in the show itself. Can I do another shot and have another beer, and then we'll get into CM Punk? Because I don't I, maybe smoke some weed. Because I really don't want to fucking talk about this motherfucker. 
Oh, okay. So I'm gonna have to. I'm I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to be fucked up. It's kind of like how I have to talk to my father-in-law. It's like I gotta Mm. be a little fucked up to talk about. You know, we're gonna stay in this garage with a Reagan calendar. AW collision. Hey, Sukasa. Me, me, Casa. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was talking about collision, man. That's it. That's I, I, was I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what collision. I don't know what collision means. I, when they show the poster of collision, it looks like a bunch of people that don't get along with the rest of the roster. Or guys, or that too. I was going with you know motherfuckers I, that you know or could use a good TV time. Well, it's Andrade is on the poster, right? Andrade got in a fight with Sammy Guevara. Where they? I didn't see Andrade on the poster. To be honest, but. Andrade's on the poster. Okay, got MJF, who's a you know who's he's a big deal. Um, they got Orange Cassidy, which is fine. Uh, but they have Thunder Rosa. They have FTR, who are CM Punk's boys. It looks like when you look at the poster, it looks a little janky, like they took CM Punk out of it. Because okay, so we'll just get into it because we can't talk about Collision without talking about CM Punk. I- and you know how much I hate talking about CM Punk, but I mm-hmm. we have to do it right now. So I'm going to get worked up. Oh, Lord. About uh, this. Now, see, I was just going to just talk about the show, possible brand split. Obviously, we're going to watch the first few episodes. I enjoyed Rampage. the show. I, I thought it was a good show. No, well, he's talking about Collision. Oh, no. No, Rampage that. to me is the, the show that needs to be called to the carpet on this one. Um Rampage started off hot, and it should. If they did it right, you, I don't think you really needed to do Collision unless you had this, you know, this um, deal with Warner Brothers, and they're giving you a billion dollars or whatever, and they want a Saturday show. Okay, fair enough. Rampage has basically become a AW Dark slash Dark Elevation show. You see big names from time to time, but outside of that. You don't really see a lot of big names. It's not an enhancement talent versus enhancement talent, but it's a mid-card show. Very easily missable if you don't have the time to do so. Are cool. they getting rid of Rampage? No. Wednesday, Friday, Saturday is going to be AEW. So they, got, they got rid of Dark. They got rid of Ele- Elevation. And now they're going to have three nights? Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's fine. I mean, that makes it sound to me like Rampage is going to continue to be basically superstars on steroids, I guess. And then you're going to have two hours. And listen, the guys that they're showing on Collision look to be like a big deal. Like I said, it's MJF, it's Orange Cassidy, it's Andrade, it's Samoa Joe, who is rumored apparently CM Punk wanted Joe to be his first feud when he came back to television, which was August. Makes sense. He's hot as fuck. Which was August. (laughs) (laughs) It was August the 20th, 2021. I remember because it was Friday night. My daughter had just been born, and I was staying in the hospital, and I had to make sure that I turned the TV on because CM Punk was going to come back. That's how I know exactly when it was that CM Punk came back. And how much difference a fucking year and eight months makes. Because now I can't even imagine wanting to see CM Punk. So, I'll just talk. Listen, I'll just go through it. I'll talk everybody through what I think I know. Go. Yes. They decided to make this collision show 
to uh, appease CM Punk. That was all the rumors, right? That's what all the journalists said. That's what also what my sources said inside AEW, is that they were making collision to, I don't know, I don't know what you guys are laughing about, but they were making collision. They were creating collision because they want to keep CM Punk away from the elite. Rather than these guys being fucking professionals and working with each other, they were going to create an entire another show. So CM Punk recently, they make this deal with Warner Brothers. AEW makes this deal with Warner Brothers. Uh, Warner Brother Discovery, whatever it's called, and they're going. They want to make this huge billion dollar deal over several years, where they're going to create a bunch of content. Cool. To have CM Punk have a he has a come to Jesus conversation with Chris Jericho, right? And Chris Jericho says, "Yes, they are going to hire your buddy a Steelback," and. CM Punk says, fine, if that's the case, cool, we're going to do collision. Ace Steel, you might remember, is the one that uh, bit one of, uh, or bit Kenny Omega on the leg during the uh, all-out, or the, what do you call it? The, the scrum, well, not the, the scrum, but the battle in the back. The all-brawl, or the fallout. Fall, fall, fall it wasn't the dog, it was him. It was him. It was not the dog. It was not Larry the dog, which I, you know, I feel so bad for Larry the dog being lost some teeth in that transaction. That guy guy just he can't catch a break. (laughs) So they say they're going to hire a a steal back. Uh, Apparently, which apparently he's been hired back. I did see that. Not what my sources told me. Okay. I, th- I can say it. I, apparently, Ooh. I, I, that's okay. okay. What, what, right. my, what my sources told me okay. was that there was a sticking point in terms of uh, the the lawyers of it all, which they said, we can't hire this motherfucker back because we fired him and there was shit in the paperwork and we're not hiring yada, yada, yada. back. So the big thing was they... Tony Khan comes on AEW Dynamite and announces the second through tenth shows of Collision. Where they're going to be? They're going to Calgary. They're going to fucking. They're going to all these Toronto. They're going to you know all these Canadian places. Shit like that's that. That's right around the Bret Hart. Uh, not Bret Hart, but the Owen Hart. Uh, the Owen Hart Classic. Yep. But they haven't announced. Tony says, "Come back next week, and we'll let and you know, to know where, where the, the first, first one is." Be. So what my sources have told me is that. The first one was booked for the United Center in Chicago because it was going to be CM Punk's big return, and they were going to sell it out. In fact, they've already sold it out from what I hear. That's what my sources told me. On the rumor that CM Punk was going to be there, but CM Punk is now like, fuck you, I'm not coming back unless you hire a steal. So there's all this talk about whether it's a work or not, and is Tony Khan working the marks? Is Tony Khan working the smarks? Or Tony Khan and CM Punk together? In that case, they'd have to be working their, like, their, uh, what would you call it, their art team who put together, like, the, the big poster for AEW Collision. Like, are they working them? Are they with them and they're working us? And I just have to say that I'm so fucking sick of fucking talking about CM Punk. He just fucking sucks all the oxygen of every fucking conversation that we have to have about anything that has to do with AEW that doesn't actually have to do with the on-screen product. And that's what I'm pissed off about. Mm. 
I can totally understand that, but unfortunately, he's a <laughs> he's a straw that stirs the drink. Okay, well, you I'll, know what? I'll that's, use the Reggie Jackson. Uh, that's exactly what my source told me is that he's the straw that turns the drink. <laughs> Turns out you're the source. <laughs> you got to as much as we don't I will not reveal your name. I appreciate that. As much as we may not like CM Punk on this podcast, we always come back to him in some form or fashion, whether it's in or outside of the ring. So there's I mean, as much as I don't like to give him people credit, I don't like I I will have to give him credit. We always come back to CM Punk, no matter what. Well, I'm still, look, I'll say it. I'm curious. I want to see him and Kenny Omega interact. I want to see him and the Bucks interact. I want, it, look, if I'll you're not you going to bring him back and you're not going to make that match, then why bring him back? If you, him? Have a, if you have a podcast where you talk about current wrestling events, Fortunately, Bill, you're gonna have to talk about CM Punk. Yeah, you can't you can't avoid it, and it's true. And it that's that, that's that's, that's exactly that's but. exactly the point I was gonna make is that the, we're talking about a billion dollar entity. Now we are. Now we are right. Well, I mean, Tony Khan himself is a billion dollar entity. <laughs> okay, yeah, but obviously, a- but AEW and the and the Warner Brothers deal is a billion dollar thing. Exactly, and it hinges on this completely. Impestuous fucking child <laughs> that called everybody else children, but still can't be professional enough to not fucking honor his contract or not get in a fist fight or not call out his coworkers. Sounds like, like any other NFL wide receiver I've ever known in my life. How many how many wide receivers yeah, have you known? Yeah, can but, we say Antonio Brown? Yeah, but there I mean, is. I can say it. Yeah, but, <laughs> you didn't know him. But there. <laughs> hey man, hey, just because I'm a Steelers fan, because I, I don't know AB. I, if I knew AB, I'd be like, "Look, motherfucker, you need to chill the fuck out. We be winning this fucking but, playoff but, game." But, but there, there, same man. There are guardrails. There are guardrails in place to protect. There are guardrails in place in the NFL where a team can take action against a player or just say, fuck you, and they can break a contract or they can buy somebody out or something like that. We're talking about wrestling, which for all intents and purposes, in terms of American business, is still the wild fucking West because they still they, they still abide by kayfabe and by, uh, like, handshake deals. If the the fact that CM Punk, unless this is a work, and I fuck, I really hate talking about this, but the fact if it's a work, or if it's not a work, the fact that they hinged this entire program on this asshole who doesn't get along with anybody, doesn't get along with his family, doesn't get along with his best friend from Colt Cabana, owes him a bunch of money, doesn't get along with anybody except for a guy named Ace Steel who decides to bite dudes' ankles and fucking fights, <laughs> and. And still, and you got a fucking, you got a, an entire television show hinging on oh this asshole. God. That's great. It's still kind of the Wild West. All that being said, I, I don't know. Let's, I, I don't want to, I, I know I filibustered enough. Me filibuster? I'm sitting right here. Do you, do you have any thoughts on it before we get to what actually happened on screen? Dude, like I said, I'm, I'm, I am genu- genuinely curious. I think he, CM Punk in spots can be a good talent. He's just now brittle, so you're gonna have to treat him with kid gloves That's in the, the other ring. Thing. Like if you're a, if you're 
if you're Warner Brothers, and you know the same way that Fox and you know whoever owns USA, the same way that they s- still have a little bit of pull with what happens in WWE. Like, hey, we want this guy to have right. to be the champion. You know, we stuff want like two that. champions. Basically, we want two champions is the is the reason why I think we got two right. champions. So in if WWE, you're Warner yeah. Brothers Discovery. And Tony Khan says, "Well, we're going to put the belt on CM Punk. You're, you're, are, are they going to say you mean this guy that couldn't hold the belt because he keeps getting hurt and gets in fights with all of his coworkers? You're never going to let him fight John Moxley. I, I, you know, I listen. If if <laughs> they if they Ever. can make if they can make it work, Punk versus Omega probably is the match for Wembley Stadium, right? That would probably be the main event that they would want the most, right?" I don't think you would have and see oh, CM Punk MJF is the guy that is lost in this shuffle where we're Sorry, talking about MJF is not Omega and he's not. I'm CM not Punk. saying that, he's but he's still your close. champion at at, at present Take the point. Belt he's, off him. he's not even Moxley. I'm not saying that not he is. I'm, I'm not saying that he's any of these guys. Okay, Please unfortunately. For you guys, he's your AEW world champion. Now, that being said, you have to figure out whether you're going to put him on this show or not. Not my, my champion. He no, is. I'm kidding. He's my champion. AEW world champion. He's if you're going to put him on this show. I love the guy. Yeah, I was going to say, I have very little problems with MJF. You're going to put him on this show, then you got to figure this shit out. My guess is that you pass on this show and you have – a Kenny Omega versus Osprey, a Kenny Omega versus CM Punk, something along those lines to where, and, and the the crazy part about it is the following week, seven days, they come back here for all in. So you got to figure that some of these talent has to be put aside. MJF to me is that talent that has to be put aside. You want to sell out Wembley Stadium, you can still do that. CM and Punk not- versus Kimbo Slice. <laughs> Put him in the G1. Right. Put Kimbo Slice in the G1. Dig him up. You can still have MJF Yoshihashi, <laughs> two points against Kimbo Slice. <laughs> you can still have MJF, have MJF here. And do I never two thought shows. about this so right now, but Yano versus Kimbo Slice is something that I need. <laughs> Later, Jason. Jason's out of here. <laughs> all right, so uh, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna table all the CM Punk talk. We're just gonna be done with it. Yeah, um, we're, we're good. I watched Dynamite. We can talk about it. All right, so um, Dynamite opens up with uh, Wardlow, and he comes out in a polo. So my question to you is: Were they chanting? Wardlow, <laughs> or were they going Polo, Polo? Like, does Wardlow think that he looks badass in a polo? Because he doesn't. In a polo, in those fucking short pants. No, he wasn't wearing short pants. He was wearing long pants. No, they were. Hold, hold the mic up to your mouth. No, no, they were. They were short pants. He was wearing. No, he was not wearing shorts. He was wearing. You could see his ankles. Oh, so you're not talking about shorts. You're saying his, his pants, pants were sh- the length were of his short. pants were short. I think that his he his body type is probably hard to fit pants on, but uh, Wardlow in a polo strikes no fear in me. In fact, I'm going to use this time to say, Wardlow, come find me. Oh Jesus when Christ! He, when <laughs> when he was begging for him to spit in his face, 
I'm like, just do it. He's wearing a polo. <laughs> yeah, no. What's he going to do, call his dad? Yes. You going to call oh security? God, his dad's dead. That's, That's what Christian up, Cage's man. whole promo was about. That's fucked up. Which, okay, there you go. Okay, I'm sorry, his uncle? <laughs> <laughs> no, his dad. Uncle, uncle R standing in the back. More so than my point. Double A. I think that's A squared. That was the reason why they made it, made Christian or, or Christian decided to do it. It's still my uh, my story, and I'm sticking to it. Christian decided that he wanted to make those remarks about Jungle Boy, Warlow's dad, the whole shebang, to get the heat on him. What about Double A's son? That too. I'm sorry. That was fucking weird. It is that not weird. It up. is not weird. It's Sorry. guys, it's, it's it's really not. But that's just me. Um, you know what? Hey, hey, all you listeners, come find us on social media and let me know if you think that it's weird that Christian Cage. We talked about last week. Did he was he trying to talk Did about? Did he overstep the line? Ultimately, because I you say yes, I say no. I say you overstepped the line. Okay, so let's just throw it out there. So <laughs> at BFR Pod on Twitter, at BFR Bill, hey, listeners. at BFR JCP, come, find, come me. find me. Yeah, yeah, whatever, motherfucker. At BFR Zach, I'll go over <laughs> case letters with an H. I'm just saying. All right. Anyway, can find uh, you. Christian Cage and Luchasaurus come out there, and they get in a fight. Uh Wardlow in a polo does the best as he can, but Wardlow in a polo. <laughs> and driving shoes. <laughs> and driving shoes. He does the best that he can, but he cannot overtake Christian Cage and Luchasaurus. Coming up next, we had in, in a strange... Why didn't he take out Luchasaurus is my first question. But that's just Man, me. Luchasaurus is... You see those shoulder pads he was wearing? It was pretty strange. Motherfucker, I'm going, I'm going look, near him look, with those on. look, man. You look like Avatar 16. Yeah, he looked like... He looked like an ex- <laughs> he looked like one of the extras at the train station on Total Recall. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, you get a pass on that one because I was trying to say, man, ain't no way. I'm looking at Christian Cage. I'm looking at uh, fucking Luchasaurus. I'm like, okay, I'm punching this motherfucker first, and I'll get you with, deal with you in a second. That's well played. He told. And that's why you can't take Luchasaurus too too seriously. Well played, there. well played. No, I no. just take his that mask was, off. That that's that Arnold Schwarzenegger total recall fucking gimmick he's got going on right Get now. Ask the Oz. All right, up next we had Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen, which is a strange but kind of interesting tag team, which I wouldn't mind seeing together uh, sometime in the future. They worked well together. I thought so, too. Versus Big Bill and Lee Moriarty. Uh, Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen go over. Really not much more to say about this. To me, it's making sure Darby stays strong. You can still have OC in matches and taking punishment because that's the Orange Cassidy angle. They're clearly telling a story with Orange Cassidy he is getting exhausted. Being a fighting champion. Yes. And we have more to say about that coming up later. Uh, Young Bucks are walking through the back. Young Bucks start doing an interview. Blackpool Combat Club shows up behind. Alex Marvez getting some little little duty on. Shows up behind them. I loved it for a second. I loved it when the Young Bucks was like, guys, we're not going to do this right now. And I like if they would have walked away, I would have been completely fine with it. But then they turn around through their suitcases at them. That's what baby faces do, dumbass. Young Bucks, are you calling me a dumbass? No, I'm calling them. They are now baby faces. They are baby faces are usually dumbasses. They're dumbasses. Claudio's picking them up and throwing them on top of the truck. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Just like not just picking them up like children. 
come on, baby he, he boy. He did put one of them in the hood of the car, which was fun. Come on. Who, who was it? Nick. Which one was it? I thought you did the both of them. He did the both of them? Dude, you know you I ain't shit. You know you I ain't shit. It was mad. It was mad. You know mad. what, Jason? Fuck off. Like, <laughs> you, like, this is like making fun of a colorblind person. This is like when I ask my brother-in-law Steve, like if something's red or green, and he's like, I don't know, is that green? It's like no, dude, it's, it's, it's like you asking me, did I watch NXT this week? Oh, is that the same thing? Eh. All right, uh, so Wardlow's backstage. Arn Anderson comes back, and he's mad at him, and he throws something at the wall. Very, <laughs> He takes his ice pack and throws it against the wall. Yeah, he threw the ice pack against the wall. How does that kind help? Kind of a weak throw. But How does that help? And Wardlow's like... <laughs> like he threw it with his opposite hand. Well, he's left-handed. I, I thought Arn Anderson... Arn Anderson <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm like, dude, come on. I thought uh, Double A's response was pretty good. He's like, I want you to see what they would do. He's like... He's like, hey, I've been around a long time. He's like, I knew what they would do. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? That's why you got me here. Man, Wardlow's character is a fucking meathead. Dude, you know, it's I'm sure, so bad I'm, right I'm, now. I'm sure I'm sure in real life he's pretty smart. Uh, I'm sure he is. But just, no, I'm kidding. No, I'm sure he's a fucking meathead. <laughs> Come find me, Wardlow. <laughs> Wear your polo, you idiot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's like Rob Ruggles' character. Oh, my God. That's so fucking ridiculous. Uh, okay, so then Orange Cassidy cuts a promo with Renee Paquette backstage, and he goes, can somebody get me a chair? He's clearly tired. They're telling a story, which I appreciate. Sam Guevara gets a squash, kind of cuts a babyface promo. And it's yes. Like, why the fuck is he cutting a babyface promo now? I'll, I'll two, week, two weeks away from the pay-per-view, and now he's cutting the babyface promo after he's been kissing MJF his, MJF's head for the last fucking three weeks. It's like now he cuts a babyface promo? If, if I had, they were in Houston, weren't they? They were in Houston, yes. number one. But even but That's a good point. They were in Texas. They were probably worried about him getting cheered. Even if they weren't in Houston, he has cut the same kind of babyface promo in vignettes and on mic. And I said it on Twitter. This, to me, feels almost, you know, which, which can the real Sammy Cavera please stand up? Because walking into this, he's a heel. But as we've gone along on this path, he's done a, a couple of different baby baby face promos. Well, you notice he's not coming out with Tay Conti anymore either. So that they're, too. They're trying to baby okay. face him up. Okay. Basically mm. stealing my point. To me, this feels like you're going to have the three quote-unquote baby faces against the one true heel that's MJF. Too little, too late. I'm not. Look, I'm just saying. That's right. the way I feel like it's happening. Uh, after that, we had uh, Triple J come out, which is what they're calling themselves, Jay Lethal and Double <laughs> J. And FTR jumps them from behind. And then we have the return to wrestling to wrestling television. We have the return of Karen Jarrett wearing <laughs> those fire, fire red pants. Mm. 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 Jason, what do you think? You know... When we first started this podcast and AEW was a thing, we were like, oh, yeah, this tag team bitch is going to be the shit. And now 
Karen Jarrett walks in in the fucking ring. Yeah, but we also have the trios division now too, which is taking a little bit of heat or taking a little bit of pressure off the tag division. Why should the trios tile trios division take pressure off of the tag team division? The Bucks because there's there's a team that's that holds the trios title and there is teams that are challenging for the trios title that could be tag titles. I mean, it's just taking bodies off of it. I'm not okay, arguing. Listen, listen, hold on, Jason. I'm not arguing with you. I'm just trying to say that there is a lot of people to go around, and there. Oh, my God, dude. It is like talking to my wife. Just rolling your eyes while I'm fucking then trying t- to make a point. I you didn't. can make the point all you want to. Just don't roll your why, eyes while why, I'm making the point. Okay, then just close your eyes, and then I'll, I'll roll my eyes, and everybody's okay. That's here's almost the, verbatim what she says. Okay, here's the problem with this. You got Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal running around here as the pretend tag team champ or pretend team cha- or contenders. How many fucking variations of the same match that they are going to lose that they, they, they lost beforehand that they're going now they've lost Memphis, two three match? different times look i don't give a fuck what this is Memphis match we've done this at least a couple of times and now for some odd godly reason because mark briscoe's involved we get to do it a third a fourth a fifth time if this was wwe we'd be talking about this like a dirty dirty dog the it, fact that it's AEW. We let this shit slide because it's entertaining. If, this is the same shit. Call it for what it is. If this was WWE, we'd have fans saying that Jay Briscoe should still hold the tag belts because he never lost them. Oh, shit. And, it, and you still had motherfucking AEW <laughs> guys asking for Jay Briscoe. Oh, I'm sorry, Mark Briscoe to get somebody else. I'm talking about Jay Briscoe. Even still. Even still, you would still have AEW fans asking for Mark Briscoe to get somebody to be his tag team partner so he can still have the tag team champions. That's not my point. My point is how many chances does one team, one team get? One. Do you do you want to know? Three, four, do you, five? Do you, do you want to know why I respect you so much as a wrestling mind, Jason? Is because you are older than me. And most, and there are people. No, I'm, 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 I'm really paying you a compliment here. There are people younger than me that still hold on nostalgia really hard, and they love guys coming back and coming back and coming back. But you have been consistent as long as I've known you that you think that nostalgia is for the weak when it comes <laughs> when it com- when when it comes to wrestling. You you say hey. You always used to bitch about Undertaker not putting guys over a long time ago. I'm talking about like 2000. That's my one. 2005. You were consistent about this forever, and that's why I respect you so much, Jason. That and the fact I don't watch Brock Lesnar matches with Omos that mean absolutely no, I, I nothing. That was petty. I don't, I don't respect <laughs> that at all. Okay. We, made, we, made, we made fun of you no, for that. Nobody respects you for that. I know it's petty as fun of you for that. <laughs> and I have no problem with that. To oh, me, the Rock came here. The Rock here. <laughs> I say, ain't no way. I know but this motherfucker be louder than this. I do respect your consistency. Look, I think that Jay Lethal and and Jeff Jarrett have something to offer in a singles division. What? In singles. Why are you whispering? They don't need to be a tag team. 
You okay. can you can All have right. them as singles and do the same thing. Fair enough. Uh, I listen. I think Karen Jarrett showing up is completely silly. That is completely ridiculous. That, that's that's the equivalent of Roman winning all four belts for me. I'm just no, like, no, God that, damn it! That's gonna, that's gonna <laughs> no, be it was the flip side. No, the flip side of okay, if, right. if I was a non-Roman Roman, fan, Roman holding four titles is, sounds is great. Kind of badass. Karen Jarrett coming out on last night was like, what the fuck? <laughs> okay, so uh, next up we have Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara talking backstage. Just like you said, Jason, they are setting it up to be three baby faces against uh, one heel, and I think that that is not the best move. But I've been pretty critical of this entire angle. Uh, not, not, not. Listen, let. I don't have to go over it again. I haven't. I, I'm critical of them all fighting for the big belt when we have. What's coming up later when we talk about the anarchy in the arena match, but that's neither here nor there. They have a moment backstage where they say, hey, we don't like each other, but we respect each other. Type of typical babyface shit. Okay. That's what babyfaces do. Then we, have, ask. Then, we have a, then we Then we have a women's match oh, yes. uh, where the heels go over, the outcasts go over. Uh, Britt Baker, DMD, Jamie, are not, and Jamie Hayter gets uh, injured. Beforehand. That, that was the, uh, the setup for it. It was supposed to be a six-man where... Soraya was going to be in this match. I knew Jamie Hader was going got hurt. I knew if I just put her out. I knew if I just said it, you would tell me what happened because I really didn't pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> I know the heels went over. I, I wrote it down right here. Heels. Uh, next up, we have Orange Cassidy. <laughs> do you do you want to talk about this? Not really. No, you right. know my story. You know my feelings on we this. We have Orange Cassidy backstage. Uh, Renee Paquette says twenty guys go, uh, and he says I'll fight them all. So they're having a blackjack battle royal for the Intercontinental it was belt. Twenty. Well, then I'll be fighting too. So it'll be twenty. Twenty-one. He says blackjack's a big deal. Blackjack's a big deal. In Vegas. We're Vegas. I'm just like ah, I motherfucker. Say, him asking Renee Paquette. He says you unless, be in on unless it? you want to be on. It. She says no, I'm good. <laughs> and uh, I think Taz goes. I think she thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't Shivani. It might have been Excalibur. No, I think it was Taz for sure. It, it was a funny I'm line. I'm 99% sure Funny line, though. Do we think Orange Cassidy still goes over there? I mean, that would be a shitty way for him to lose that belt, right? It's the protected way to, for Orange Cassidy to lose that belt. Um, I mean, just put somebody I mean, over, though. Like, it's protected. Why You don't have to protect Orange Cassidy. I He's agree. Been a I, told, I totally I totally agree. Have somebody take advantage of him being super tired the next week on Dynamite. That's what I think is going to happen. All right. Okay, if you're going to pin me to the mat, I think somehow he wins on Sunday, but then Wednesday is the fall. Tony Khan has his big collision. I mean, it looks like he collided with uh, stop, some cocaine stop, in stop. backstage. Jesus Christ. <laughs> leave big, him alone. A big pile of it. Leave him alone. Man. I remember one time I was at Fish and somebody just shoved my head down into a bunch of cocaine. I was like, ah, I can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> Snorted his way out. He's like, we going to be okay. Man, I, I texted me for the next five hours. I had a meeting with my, uh, my uncle a couple weeks ago where he wants to do a podcast he's a he's a deacon and he wants to and he wants to be a he wants to do a pod, a daily podcast where he's doing uh daily scripture and he's like does the archdiocese have a podcast network and i was like i don't know i can look look that up for you though if you want me to uncle rich 
And he's like, what's the name of your podcast? And I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this ain't, this ain't a like, visual well, media, <laughs> but you could probably guess what, how his face looks well, right about na- now. My name is uh, Corey Graves. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so just check out that one. I can't imagine him listening to that joke right there. Oh, my God. It would be really funny if he made an hour and a half into a wrestling podcast. (laughs) No, 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 no. I was driving up to Floyd, Missouri to look at my cows, and I listened to an hour and a half of your fucking podcast. (laughs) Exactly. If you get an hour and a half of this podcast. (laughs) Why is JCB so mad? Because I'm angry black, motherfucker. I'm just saying, if you don't know us. He's black? Yeah, right. He if you don't know us, that's half the he problem. So well, <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, move along. <laughs> you go to Sumner High. Uh, so, <laughs> sorry, mom, I'm a bad son. So then we had uh, Roddick Strong versus Jericho in a false count anywhere match. Not my favorite type of match. Uh, I'm well. Uh, I, I say this all the time. Not my favorite kind of match. This was a pretty fun match, if only because you didn't know if the crowd was going to overrun them at any time. It got they, dicey. It did get dicey. It was Tiger Woods type shit, like on the 18th they, when he was winning the Masters. They, like, uh oh, <laughs> they fouling him. That and there, the can I saw one point. I wish I had as a gift where the cameraman was like elbowing dudes <laughs> out of the way, like trying to get up there. Because they had the the long shot, but there was one guy who was supposed to be about from me to you away, yeah. probably like six feet away from him, you know, taking, and he was like, they weren't letting him through, and he was like, "Fuck you!" He's like, Get "The fuck out of the way!" And they did that spot over the stairs where it really looked like Jericho was going to kill himself. Oh and, my god! And uh, it wasn't that far of a drop, but still very fun. Adam Cole was banned from the building. They managed to make it outside. Adam Cole, baby, baby. Does his thing and uh, Roderick Strong goes over. What do you think about this, Jason? Cool up until where I was, I was seeing Roderick coming out and at least trying to get out of the building. It was like you know begging off like a heel, and I'm like, what the fuck is going? Why are you begging off, man? Don't do. Oh, you're going outside. Okay, all right. I'm a dumbass. I'm a high dumbass. You got me. Two plus two is four. four. So in that scenario. Obviously, when uh, Adam Cole jumped Chris Jericho, I thought it was, you know, I was waiting for um, Jericho Appreciation Society to do the same. Neither here nor there. Ultimately, this is going to set up, I would assume, Cole versus Jericho for double or nothing, which would be a a good way for Adam Cole, baby, to come back. I I would assume, hopefully, get a win. And then from that point, you can kind of start figuring things out. I'll just say this about Chris Jericho. He's doing work. Dog. Is that what you're going to say? Yes. As Yes. From the AEW champion to now where he's starting to get other guys over, but you're still keeping him legitimate, credible, and strong. That's a nice little tightrope that he has to walk. Totally agree. As much as I I give – TK, AEW, whatever you want to call him, all kinds of greed. Watching Chris Jericho walk this tightrope and get Ricky Starks over, I'm going to assume he's going to get Adam Cole, baby, back over again to where he's now, you know, somewhat more credible and back into the title scene. You got to give Chris Jericho all kinds of credit, even if you don't like him. I totally agree. And 
give yourself a little bit of grace because um, I listen to a bunch of wrestling podcasts, and I don't think that any single one of them is as fair to every kind, every promotion that we are. I think that everybody, I think that every single podcast I listen to has a bias, either AEW, WWE, or NJPW. Well, you're, you're as fans, we, yeah, you're short I, for fanatical. I, I so I, I don't think that we really. I'm going to pat our, ourselves on the back here. I don't think that we really uh, are too hard on any of them or too easy on any of them. I think that we see them all as 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 they come, and we take them all as they come, and we're just. We're just wrestling fans, even though you clearly don't like wrestling. Hate, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, hate, hating motherfucker. Hate, 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 hate. Up next was Jungle Boy versus Roosh. Really fun match. Uh, I, I could watch these guys wrestle for a long time. What do you think about this match, Jason? Honestly, and Roosh is a guy that it, before he's a lot of guys that's pre-pandemic and. ROH that was high coming in and then the pandemic happened and then all kinds of crazy shit happened. I was I saw this match, I'm like, okay, Jungle Boy has to go over, right? So at this point, how does it how do we get there? That to me was the question. Roosh is a, an amazing fucking wrestler. I think he should be ROH champion. No disrespect to Cardio. Cardio's a great heel champion. I want him having a great run, but at some point, we need to get Roosh back over there and have him as champion. That being said, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the way this match finished. Jungle Boy pulling the tights, doing what he has to do, I get it, and I'm doing has to do in quotations. I get it. That just makes it, it protects Rouge, and I get that too. It just felt like a bad matchup from the start, and in my head, I'm thinking Rouge should win this match. Jungle Boy in this match is going to go over, but him pulling the tights doesn't necessarily feel like a, a babyface move. But I get it. You know, he's kind of getting out gunned over this point, so you do what you have to do. But then be the bigger picture to me, macro, Jungle Boy's not going to win, and you just let Roosh lose to Jungle Boy in a kind of janky finish. I don't know. The match was good, but the finish is so, where I had the problem with it. So you would have booked Roosh to beat Jungle I wouldn't have this bo- I wouldn't have not had these two guys booked at all. Period. Gotcha. You keep okay. these go jokers away from each other. That's a that's a that's a fair answer. It, they clearly want to have all three challengers for the pillars match. Com- completely have, fair. Have, have a match and try to win. They could have had a different match for Jungle Boy. For totally sure. Good. They also didn't have to have a tag team match. But you know but what? Darby wanted. So I know, I, I know, but they they had three different types of matches. They had a tag team match with Darby. They had a total squash with Guevara, and then they had a competitive one with Jungle Boy versus Rouge. And then the pillars, the pillars minus MJF, uh, come out and they they help Jungle Boy. And then MJF is backstage, and he is just pissed. clearly pissed off. Doesn't cut a promo, which I appreciate. You don't have to have him cut a promo every, every single time. fucking week. And that's a, and that's the great part about that part because now Keep the champ is feeling the heat. No, right. the champ's feeling the heat because now it, it, the way it looks, all these guys, three guys, are on the same page. And now it's these three motherfuckers that are probably going to go against me to make sure that I don't win. 
Right. That's the biggest goal in MJS mind. Go ahead, bro. When he smacked the microphone out of her hand <laughs> and didn't say a fucking word, I was like, perfect. Yep. Perfect. perfect. Yeah. Because he looks so mad. And she held it out. As, as well, you, you should. Slapped if, it down if, if, you're MJF, if you're MJF, this is worst case scenario. Oh, yeah. You have Switchblade Jay White versus Ricky Starks in the next match. Uh, Switchblade Jay White goes over with some shenanigans. He wins by the disqualification. Disqual- uh, disqualification because Ricky Starks, give me a fucking brick. That <laughs> 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 man. I tell you what, ever since MJF said that to him after Ricky Starks cut that promo, and he's like, every time you get upset, you just go, give me a fucking brick, or just give me a brick. And, like, <laughs> it just sticks in my head every time I look at Ricky Starks. Now I don't take him seriously anymore. You shouldn't take him seriously because TK, after Jericho, didn't allow you to take him seriously. I think I can make my own decisions, doesn't it? By all means. But, uh, I'm, I'm just throwing my opinion out there. All right. Uh, so... And then the the main event segment was Don Callis coming out to explain his actions. Don Callis is a national treasure. <laughs> we should <laughs> we should appreciate okay. every moment that we have with this man. That motherfucker uh, came out was like Kenny Omega comes me. out to talk shit. <laughs> Blackpool Combat Club beats the shit out of him. Uh, Young Bucks come out. It's three against four, and then. Hangman comes out uh, looking like, yeah, yeah, clip clop, clip clop, looking like uh, like he is in a mix between the Al Pacino gay serial killer movie Cruising, directed by William Freakin from 1980, (laughs) Uh, Clint Eastwood from Pale Rider, and he's wearing an eye patch for some reason, like he's a (laughs) fucking pirate. Hey, Hangman Page, pick a gimmick, dude. (laughs) You're all over the place. Anyway, it's nice to see you leap back together. <laughs> you ever yeah. seen Cruising with Al Pacino? I have not, but uh, Pale Rider I have seen. That's goddamn comedy. Um, credit to... Cruising is where Al Pacino goes undercover to find a serial killer that's killing all the gay people in New York City in 1980. And uh, Hey Man looks like Al Pacino trying to look gay in that movie, even though his detective <laughs> character off. is not gay. <laughs> Get That's the am- fuck out of here. That's well, amazingly I mean, There's bad. questions about whether or not he's gay by the end of it, but uh, it's a good movie. It's on HBO Max right now. You guys should watch it. I'm going to go ahead and let you do that shit. Um, I just watched it the other day, direct- directed by William Friedkin, who directed The Exorcist and French Connection. Go ahead. And Blue Chips. What? And Blue Chips. The Shaquille O'Neal and... Three- Penny Hardaway blue chips. Yeah, I was gonna say it's a Penny Hardaway new movie, not the Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, movie. that motherfucker was in right, it too. Right. Um, Nick Nolte. <laughs> Who's the, the white guy in it? Mike, Mac, Matt Novak. Is that the white guy in it? There was, his name is Ricky in the movie. Huh? Wasn't his name Ricky in the movie? His name's Ricky in the movie. But I think it's Matt Novak. I think he played for like Indiana. real life. Oh yeah, just, yeah. He was an Indiana guy. He was right. an Indiana I'm guy. Just here for the bag of cash. <laughs> <laughs> His daddy out there, you know, mowing the lawn with the tractor. Um, Shaquille O'Neal says uh, standardized tests are culturally biased, and Nick Nolte's like, "What the fuck did you just say?" <laughs> You know, fast forward 35 years, it's like, yeah, that shit is culturally biased. <laughs> it's like, you just filling your name for Christ's Neon, sake is 35 Neon, you go straight points. to the hole and make sure you, How make sure my- you throw it high. 
We should watch that movie. Throw it high. <laughs> Is that your Nick Nolte? Yeah. No, on. Nick Nolte's got to be more like this. No, and then you're going to come off the screen, and Neon, you get down low, and you make sure you throw that pass high. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You are <laughs> fucking welcome, America. Oh, man, I, I almost spit that shit out. That was bad. <laughs> All right, so I was talking about Hangman Page. Yes, uh, Page coming back is Will perfect. Freaking. You can hear this on any wrestling podcast, I'm sure. Back to the no, page. My ass. Um... Him having the eye patch is perfect. It sells the injury to it. The elite comes back. I know wherever uh, three beer was is is a scenario where I'm. I hope that nobody was close to him because that that come shot would have been absolutely amazing to see from afar, not anywhere close. That being said, we we're getting one step closer to what I think ultimately is going to be. Well, it wasn't blood and guts, but they announced it after Anarchy the fact. The Anarchy arena. arena um on my list of one of my favorite matches of the year last year, and that was with JAS as the opponent. I mean, this time around, this should be bonkers. Absolutely bonkers. Okay, so every time they've had one of these matches, and I think this is the third one, they had the Stadium Stampede. One and two. Two stadium stampedes, and then they had. This is the third one, right? I'm, well, it's anarchy in the arena, but basically the same well, concept. The same thing. Yeah, same concept. Same Go ahead. premise. So every single one of these, I've never looked forward to it, and then every single time I watched it, I was like, "That was fucking awesome." Now we're talking about anarchy in the arena with the young bucks, Kenny Omega, Hangman Page versus the Blackpool Combat Club, featuring. The greatest wrestler of the last 20 years and Do- Brian Danielson? Yeah, dude. <laughs> Count me in. They are going to do crazy fucking good shit. It's going to be violent as fuck. Yeah, and it's going to be a good story, and there's probably going to be all sorts of... It's going to be like watching John Wick 4. You yeah, should whoa, be... Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> You were not that high at that movie. <laughs> you should be... You of all people should be loving this. I because. Am. Well, no, I'm just saying in this scenario, because your little brother, Will Yuta, is going to probably play the role of Sammy Guevara throughout a lot of this shit, taking bumps. When they held him up for the uh, Buckshot Lariat. You were the first person I thought of. I was like, man, somewhere Bill is over here like, yeah, do that shit. (laughs) I was was watching on my iPhone today. I was doing the running man in my office. I was like, fuck. I was like, fuck that dude up. No, it's 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 a the three matches beforehand I was not looking forward to. This one shit. This I just I just picture we, Wheeler it, it, the bar is high. Wheeler you the like just like a robot like dying down like his battery runs out and he's like forge in combat. You the five is not alive. Where's John Moxley? Anyway, that's gonna do it for our two counts. You better put some respect on Willie to use his name. So I forgot what three was going to Oh, it was going to be Superstar Billy Graham. So Superstar Billy Graham passed away today. He was RIP. 80 years old, or he would have been 80. And um, Superstar Billy Graham is kind of the guy that came before the guys for people our age. If you watch old footage of Superstar Billy Graham and then you look at Hulk Hogan, you're like, this dude just ripped 
everything off a of superstar Billy Graham. Uh, there is a heel big, Hulk Hogan. There is a very cheesy, very poorly made documentary on Peacock, uh, on the WWE portion of Peacock <laughs> about superstar Billy Graham. It's made in 2013. It seems like it was made in 1988. Like, it damn, is, it is poorly made, but it is fun to watch because it's got a bunch of old footage of him and uh, the guy that Vince knew when he was a kid, the other Graham, Jimmy Graham, right? And I say, this is where the knowledge starts to get a little hazy, but go ahead. Well, a lot of people credit superstar Billy Graham's matches with a very young Dusty Rhodes at Madison Square Garden in the mid-70s as being, like, the birth of the type of wrestling that we see today. Like, because they... I can totally see that. They started doing what was called slam-bang wrestling, like, back in the 50s, and that's when they started throwing each other off the ropes because before it was, like, all submission shit. It was still fixed, but it was all submission shit. And then there was the slam-bang stuff, and I'm sure somebody will come online and tell me they got the years wrong, but it's basically like this. (laughs) Superstar Billy Graham was one of the first guys that was just, like, outsized character like peroxide hair started doing steroids really young um he was a very interesting character he became very critical of wwe in his final years and then started asking to come back and i believe he's in the wwe hall of fame eventually. i would be surprised he's not but they, but him and vince did not like each other uh him he he really tried to pull some shit on vince back in the 80s it's a very interesting documentary. It leaves a bunch of stuff out. I would try to fill it. I filled it in with the Wikipedia page while I was watching because I was like, I thought this guy was more. I thought they hated each other, and they kind of did. Anyway, he was 80, and he was broke like a bunch of old wrestlers, and it's sad. Uh, but, man, he if it wasn't for superstar Billy Graham, the type of wrestling that we watch today wouldn't even exist. If our <clears> – <throat> let's try this again. If – I think this correctly, um, and I heard this like two or three years ago. The way that I remember Superstar Billy Graham, he was a heel and always been a heel, but there was a certain point that they wanted to flip him, or he wanted to flip as a babyface, even though he was a heel. Just so imagine your favorite heel. To me, it's Jay White. Jay White is a heel no matter how how you want to slice or dice it. But he's so entertaining. He's good in the ring. Dare I say, great in the ring at certain points. You want to see him maybe be I mean, a babyface. The Miz. Maybe, okay. Miz against Shane McMahon was I mean, one everybody, of the few. Everybody likes The Miz. Nobody's sick of The Miz, really. But, but he, he rarely but he can, plays babyface. Well, he never, like, basically never. He, they tried Shane to, versus they, they Miz. Tried to, they tried it one time. And it Shane versus Miz is the one of the <laughs> rarely few times I can think of that they try to do Miz as a baby face, and it doesn't really work, but it, it, that's another story for another time. I guess my point is this. I want to see Miz where – rules, actually. He does. And I, that's why I like Grayson Waller on the SmackDown side. I he plays the Miz role, and it all kind of makes sense. I guess let's just – I guess the ultimate play is let's just see how it plays out. We're talking about superstar Billy Graham. It played out. He died today. <laughs> no, I'm <It's> sorry. <laughs> um, oh, the superstar. No, it's there was over. no. The, the, he was. 
I guess that was that was my initial point to they begin with. Credits. Yeah, right. Um, he was supposed to be flipped, or he wanted to be flipped as a baby face, and he's been a heel for so long. Like flip you for real? Yeah, right. And at flip some you. point, him and Vince Senior had a, an agreement. Yes. He's going to be a champion. Yeah. It's going to be like for six or nine months. He said you didn't like, know shit about him. No, I just you know as much as me. Okay, now I didn't know this was what you knew. And it was a handshake agreement. And then Almost from that probably. point, from from that point as a heel, it was, you know, he just kind of had his own little explosion of this. I don't know who was like his he was also rival the, he at was, the time. He also, because of his, uh, his revivalist teens when he was born again, that's why he called everybody brother. And that's exactly, like, Hulk Hogan just stole it from him. Stole his whole look. Big, blonde guy, I, long hair. I was going to say Ric Flair brother. Is, might, might have to go over. I mean, Flair, too. Yeah. Flair had a lot of superstar Billy Graham in him. Uh, anyway, you know, this just be me and you bullshitting. I don't know a ton about him. I just know that he was very influential. And I know that he, I know that. I wish I had seen people, more, but obviously that, I've known of him coming up to this point. People smarter than me and people in the business mm. seem to respect the fuck out of him. Yes. And, like, talk about him all the time. Like, your your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler's wrestler, favorite wrestler. wrestler. is probably superstar Billy Graham. Right. So, uh, yeah, RIP, man. Uh, seems like a total dude. No, it's, it's a it's the, it's the heel's heel. If, the, if there's a... A mac- macro of heel wrestlers, Mount Rushmore, superstar Billy Graham might be on that bad boy. I just like I said, I just don't know. Didn't haven't seen I mean, enough my to Mount, where my Mount Rushmore of heel wrestlers. Oh I, shit! I, I know right go. away. Here we go. It is Stephen Richards, Ivory. I know his uh, answer. The right Good Father, <laughs> right? Uh, Val Venus, motherfucker. God damn it! No, and Bull Buchanan. Val Venus is number five. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about Bullcan. It's only because you like his name so much. <laughs> you well, is it Von Wagner is Bull Buchanan's kid, right? Yeah, I think so. Sounds right. He's, Von, he's somebody's kid. Von Wagner has WWE well, titles. I just is. can't think of it. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't even say that shit. I'm going to do it for our three count. No odds and ends this week because we have a jam-packed week of birthdays. I mean, this is a murderer's row of notable people, cool dudes, and freaks. Okay. Superfly Jimmy Snooker would have been 80. <laughs> I'm sorry, RIP. That's, that's a big one, right? Yeah. A, I don't know which category he who falls into. Be, who could be bigger than him, both physically and in name? Who? Andre Ooh. the Giant, 70, <laughs> 77 this week. I, I like how you played us. Smile Guy Black is 38 this week. Kip Sabian is 31 this week. Road Dog, Jesse James. Got to be older than me. Yeah, he's old. Oh, yeah, he's 54. Uh, Occam from Authors of Pain. Dude's 30. God, what? So he was 24 when we started this podcast. Jesus Christ. Uh, Chris Benoit. That's a big R. one, P. too. R.I.P., yeah, fair. And totally fair. Maybe not R.I.P. No, no. Let him sit there for a couple no, of years. No, separate the artist from the art. Thank you. Thank <laughs> so you. I'm, I'm I'm separating the soul from the art. I'm appreciating one, and, you know, you know whatever. I hope he's in heaven. Uh, Kota Ibushi, 
You know how old Kota Ibushi is? 63. No. 42. <laughs> 41. I would not have guessed he was that old. He looks like he is 20. Amazing. <laughs> Cut. God. Brian Pillman, RIP, would have been 61. Okay, so how are we going to let... Never mind. All right. No, okay, so that's a pretty good lineup of dudes, right? Yes. So, so we got Snuka, Andre, Malachi Black. I'm just talking about the good ones. Yeah. Ben Wallace, an incredible wrestler. Kota Bushi, Brian Pillman. Yes. Who could be better than those guys? Hmm. The Rock. Brian. Brian Danielson. Yeah, obviously. Should have known. 42 this year. 42 this week. That what? Is a, yeah, man. Jesus. Look at all these sweet people. Then we got Joe Coffey from Gallus. He's good. Alex Shelley, very good. He's 40. And then we got Bray Wyatt's 36. I heard he's working the fry side of Chili's. Ooh, that's what I was going to say. Bray Wyatt, Cody Rhodes, rumored next feud after Brock. Marinate on that. Hey, for Murray the Murray Man Murray, for Tender Mahal, for check, check. Randell Wrestling, check. for Vice, check. Logan Eastman, my nigga, for Reba the Dog, check. for Aaron the Wife, for Eddie the Kid, for check. Andrew the Cat, check. for Amelia the Cat, check. for two beers, sorry, three, three beers, beers, Zach Pullman, that's Jason Cornelius Bell, Black Lives Matter, check. tip your local check. bartenders, tip your local check. weed dealers, and never ever forget to boo the heels. Boo! boo.